Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at Mike C Tennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... So we're recording this on Friday night, uh, just so that everybody knows this is before whatever may happen on Saturday and Sunday for our guest, Dennis Kudla, who is into the semifinals down here in Orlando. Uh, Congratulations. Thanks. Um, It's been an interesting week down here. It's on the USTA campus, and I'm I'm tending to see there are certain players who struggle uh, playing on the home of American tennis. Uh, How's it been for you so far? Um... I actually don't mind it. Uh, I know when I heard that the event was going to be on the uh, pro development side, um, I knew the courts were pretty fast. I was out here about two weeks before the tournament. Uh, It's way quicker than the college side, Mm -hmm. so I was a little concerned. (laughs) Um, I was like, this is going to be tough to play. Uh, But... Um, I've actually adjusted really well. I, I think it can suit my game. Um, this is a lot of first strike tennis, serve return, definitely a big deal here. So I think that whoever's going to be doing that the best was going to win the tournament. And I feel like so far I'm doing a great job. Um, and, and I continue to think that whoever's going to win is going to be serve first ball. I think an interesting topic to kind of go over a little bit is, you know, how much time you've spent at USDA. You know, this is like – yeah haven for professional tennis and tennis as a whole um if you could kind of tell people what does this place mean to you is this place that you train or not train is it new or old yeah i mean um i haven't spent a whole lot of time uh when i was in tampa i would come two times a week um when dustin taylor was my coach so i say i spent a decent amount but nothing crazy i did one off season where i came for two weeks and played a bunch of sets um I think the environment is unbelievable. Um, I, I do think the facilities are great. Yes, there could be a couple little things that they could have done better. Um, but for the most part, uh, I think it's an incredible training environment. Um, but when it comes to kind of the lifestyle 
that comes with it, being in Lake Nona and being in a place that's so new, uh, I think that's the toughest adjustment for people. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where, yeah, I'm not really trying to go out to bars anymore. <laughs> just got married. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can enjoy my time just at home with my wife. So uh, I, think I, I think I could do it. I could, I could adjust it here. But I know five years ago um, where I'm just full throttle, I'm trying to go out every weekend, which is not good, which is bad. <laughs> Uh, this would be hell for me. I, I, don't, I don't think I could do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, But I'm also a guy that I'm not like a robot. There are some guys that just do not care what their life is outside of the court, and it's just all that matters is how they train. And for me, I just I need the balance where I go crazy. If I just train, 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 like I burn out. And then I, I need that balance for me to be able to be clear and knowing that I'm experiencing some things outside of tennis because this isn't – our entire life uh, once we're done. So that, that's just my personal opinion on it. Yeah, with, with Tyler, your wife, um, I remember when you, when you met her. Um, I, yeah. I remember talking to you, and I, I remember kind of what you were going through at that time, and yeah. it just kind of started putting you into balance. How have you kind of, how has that grown um, for you in terms of the relationship on the court and what it, what it has meant to you on the court? to have her yeah, in your life. Yeah, I mean, for her, what I'm so impressed with is someone who has no idea about tennis. Uh, <laughs> I knew the day I loved her is when we watched Federer Nadal Australian Open final and she asked who these people were. <laughs> and I was like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so she has just understood the sport. She's understood what I've had to do. She's put a lot of balance in my life. Um, she's definitely someone... I could talk to uh, and kind of give me an outside perspective. Uh, I think when we're we're in our little world, our, our own little bubbles uh, of just tennis players, we get so consumed. We truly think that tennis is the center of the world, uh, that our problems on the tennis court are the biggest problems in the world. But when you talk to someone outside of it, you're like, wow, they're just so tiny. Um, there's so much more to the world in life if you choose and I, I think she brought that into my life and I, I think that's helped me a lot I've had to adjust I've had some ups and downs but I think now my lows aren't as low or as long mm. and my highs I can I can be leveled out she has no problem humbling me <laughs> whatsoever she I think she actually enjoys it so, <laughs> so it's uh I, I think it's I'm just super lucky to have it and um yeah, I, I wish I wish everyone could find someone like that. What has this year meant to you? Um, I think you know you're you're coming into the semis, and I don't know if you would have assumed we would have had more tournaments now or less tournaments. But you're here now playing in the states. You know, what is that meaning to you? And kind of what is the rest of the year feeling like? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously this year is a pretty big shit show. Um, but <laughs> Um, I put in a great off season. I was ready for Australia, just maximize kind of the slams. That was kind of the biggest thing for me at the start of the year, not so much everything else because I knew it was going to be just rough. So slams were even a little bit more pressure. Um, and then I got COVID, uh, two-week quarantine, and that kind of mentally put me kind of in a bad place. Um, I thought about coming home in regular circumstances, but I'm like, I just don't know what the tournament schedule is going to be like. So I went to France, uh, 6 p.m. curfews there, uh, being in a room by myself every single every single night. It's just that's just not how I operate in 
and I got super dark super fast. Three terrible weeks. I don't know, first round, second round, first round. Um, and, yeah, I pretty much got as dark as I could get, mm. and I was completely consumed, and, and I needed to take a step back. Um, I had people around me really put things into perspective, kind of kick my ass mentally and be like, hey, you know, get your head out of your ass and, and move forward. So went home, reset, put in a good couple weeks, and then um, I, I, I just had to deal with what this year's offering. Um, and I was, I was thinking about this when I knew I was doing this podcast earlier. <laughs> and I was like, a question like this for sure is going gonna, is gonna to happen. And it's, it's strange because this year, what I think is one of the most difficult thing is you want to be informed. I think the less you know, the better. Um, I think when you are playing and you're just trying to win matches and you're happy, you're not thinking about the points, you're not thinking about the money, you're not thinking about the whole life situation or what our future entails. Like you enjoy it more. And I think you put yourself in a better position to win and have fun. But the more you're informed, you realize like, wow, am I really playing for like 40 bucks right now? Am I really, you know, like I was potentially just looking at my plans to get to Tallahassee. Can't even rent a car from Orlando to Tallahassee, which is crazy. Um, and, but you know, the more you're informed, you want to be informed as well, but it's like that balance, like, Hey, do I, do I want to just kind of play dumb and don't listen to anything? But I, I don't think that's right for the future of our sports. So I think that's what this year is kind of showing me right now is whew, the balance, balance mentally. Um, and, and it's truly going to be our, our biggest challenge in our careers. Um, and, and I think if you can overcome this, I think this will not only help you in your career, but possibly in life. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because you're in that 120-ish range. So you're, and I know you've the worst spot there is, honestly. You've been in that spot at at multiple times through your career where you're always trying to think about, okay, how do I get to the main draw of the next slam and then the Mm -hmm. slam after that? How, this is a big weekend for you as a result, right? Like, how, how do you kind of, how do you find the ignorance, if you will, to not really think about that type of thing so that you're able to just go out and play? I mean, at this point right now, I mean, even if I win these two, I'm not even top 100, which in a normal circumstance, I would. Right. I'd, be, right. I'd be bouncing off the walls 101, 102, something like that. I'm not, I wouldn't even be close still. Yeah. Um, I haven't lost a point, and I've dropped 15 spots in the rankings since COVID started, and, I make, and I've won a title. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, the slams are the goal. I already missed French Cup, so it's not even in my head. Yeah. Playing for Wimbledon. Um, but I backed myself in Wimbledon qualities. I've qualified three or four times there. Uh, it, it would suck. I'd rather be yeah. main draw. But I, I think I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with the situation from the point when I'm on court. Off mm-hmm. court, I'm not. But on court, I think I'm just playing tennis. Using it, using different ways to kind of psych myself out, or not psych myself out, but like kind of change, you know, my psychology on court. I'm just using, you know, I'm just fitness. Yeah. Try to improve for later on, um, and you know, who knows? I could be done in five, six years, and it's gonna go quick. I can't believe I've already been on tour for twelve years. So yeah. I'm like, wow, well, I could be done. So I'm just trying to maybe enjoy some last moments on tour. Yeah. Um, I still very premature to say that, but um, try to just find positives in there. It's not easy. It's a lot easier when you are winning matches, when you're losing matches. There, I don't think there is one positive out there, <laughs> usually in our minds. Um, but 
I think uh, talking with people, learning about things, finding the next steps in life, I, I think that's what some things I'm consuming myself with and finding ways to improve, and, and it's allowing me to stay balanced and, and stay normal somewhat. Uh, you answered this a little bit towards the end of that statement, but you know, with the ranking system being kind of this like three-year ranking system and you're not able to move up and all this stuff, and, you know, I'm not to say this, but you're not the youngest you've ever been in mm. your life. So um, the motivation, where does it come? How does it stay? And what takes you to that place where you're like, I'm okay to keep doing this? Um, I, would, I mean, in last preseason, I started, um, I read David Goggins. Mm. Um, he, he got me pretty pumped up. Uh, you know, motivation is bullshit. So I was like, that's totally true. How many times I've been motivated and how many times I've lost it. And I've used the exact same motivation techniques. I'm like, this, I just don't give a shit. You know, it's, it's, so it's kind of just like getting the lifestyle and not being too crazy motivated. <laughs> um, if that makes sense. Um, I feel I, like Noah's just like, he feels like he's talking sense. I need to take yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm just trying to learn. I don't care about the podcast. I'm just trying to learn for myself. Yeah, what do yeah. I do? I mean, with motivation. I mean, yes, I do think motivation is bullshit. That just the whole lifestyle, and, and I think. You know, I had an incredible perspective of, of just last week. I, I went, got to go to Necker Island and, and meet some incredible people, and I just realized like. Tennis brought me here to meet these incredible people and to do what I'm doing this week. Yes, it's not every week. It's few and far in between. But if you allow tennis to open the doors and you walk through them and not close them, it can take you to some amazing places. And I think that's something that I look and gives me motivation. You know, if I do well, more doors can open. And that's something I think uh, kind of pushes me through tougher moments because if I just give up, and I want to do something later in life. People will look at me like, "Well, this guy's a quitter. Why am I gonna? Why am I gonna want to work with this guy?" But if this is a guy who's relentless and, and is willing to work, and no matter the situation, is a fighter and, and all that stuff, that's I think that's stuff that people see in its character, and, and I value that. I mean, sometimes I forget about it, but right now I'm, pr I'm pretty clear about it, and I think that that's helping me. So let's talk a little bit about Necker Island. Oh, yeah. um, so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, I have to say, and I'm sorry, it's just like an absurd. <laughs> See, I, I'm really, I don't get jealous like that. I love how oh everyone was like, oh my God, we're in Necker Island. I'm like, how many people follow my wife? I didn't post anything. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you've also got Sandgren down there. True, you've true, got true. James McGee. I think my wife took the best pictures there. She, she was did. unbelievable. Her, her little like circle story of Necker is incredible. I go through it like three times a day and I just have full <laughs> depression. So what, explain what it is because I know Richard Branson is, is inviting people there and I assume it is extraordinarily wealthy and you are paying a premium to get down there and be a part of it. But what's, what's the point? What's so actually, so he loves tennis. He's obsessed with tennis. Yeah, right. He plays twice a day. Um, and actually he, the guys who run it, Premier Live, Trevor Short, Remington Reynolds, they actually bring people there, give them a great experience with tennis, but it's also for charity. Okay. Um, we did a live auction at the end. Including um, for Tennis Sangren's body. Yeah, exactly. He offered it up. Um, but it's a, uh, actually a foundation, uh, James McGee, he yeah. actually works for this, um, works okay. for this foundation. 
uh, I'm blanking on the name, unfortunately, but uh, it, it's helping a lot of kids, you know, mentally with suicide and right and uh, so on, so on. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible um, to kind of see after people are partying, going crazy, having a great time, everyone's stupid loaded. I'm just like, wow, this is incredible for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> for you guys. Uh, yeah. It's nothing. You guys are paying to be here. I'm just begging <laughs> my hands and knees and pretending to be this cool bro. Um, but, um, yeah, so it actually is for a great cause, and, and there is actually tremendous value to this event. Um, I think it, it's an incredible place to hear these stories and meet these people and the opportunities that they've seen in their lives and help you learn and they're just so open to hearing your story you're in this environment where i think people would be begging to talk to these people mm. that with all and they let all their guards down they're totally fine and, and these are ceos owner of these massive companies multiple companies with the knowledge that i've never even heard of before yeah. and i'm just like what <laughs> you know, like, you know, like i heard one thing one guy was telling me it was like well potentially if we live to like 2040 we can live forever and i was just like what That's so, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I, I think i think it's just incredible i mean i went there five or six years ago but i was there for the sole purpose of just blacking out uh at this time you know it was a little it was a little bit different. I was prepping for the tournament as well. Right. Uh, so I was way more controlled and um, def definitely enjoyed it. That was a great experience, and uh, I would definitely do it again if I can. No, I mean, that's, that's fine and, and, and all well, but you would think somebody with that much money, and I'm probably going to lose my invitation for any other year that I could get invited, you would think you would actually have a real draft court. Like, why... <laughs> What's, no, what's because because like the you salt know, water, the salt water and everything like I, uh, it's I tough. Care. To, it's tough to maintain it. I even I told care. him I was like, you build a hard court, I'll get four pros and we'll train here all year. <laughs> we'll, 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 work, we'll work the island. We'll do whatever. <laughs> you build a hard court, but I think they were like, you know, how hard it is to get cement here. Uh, wow, I thought about that. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, you got six billion dollars or whatever. <laughs> He's like Richard <laughs> Branson. I guess, I guess it's super, yeah. I guess it's super difficult, super difficult, and then to maintain because they're it's amazing how much they clean there because they're just like saltwater destroys everything. That's true. Everything. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't. Care. I didn't think I cared either, but they do. Uh, <laughs> while, while we have two minutes until your Uber Eats comes, uh, and then we'll re resume. But um, Dan Bilzerian's there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm. I am far from a Dan Bilzerian fan. Yeah. Uh, I think some of his views towards women are uh, abhorrent. Yeah. However, uh, it's just, it feels like a weird fit. But at the same time, he's somebody who's at, in some way, shape, or form made a great deal and sum of money. Um, and I imagine that's an interesting story to hear. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to talk to him that much. Sangren did. Yes. Um, he got to know him a little bit more. So that's I a think, scary matchup right yeah, there. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he was there. He's really good friends with Bill Perkins. Yes, and Bill right. Perkins is a big tennis fan. Yes, he is. And that's a why huge I think, poker player yeah, as well. I think that's why Bill Zarian was there. Yeah, I actually had, I saw them take out their poker chips. I think they were playing Jesus. with each other one night. And I was like, yeah, right. I, I buy in's going to be like 10 grand, 20 grand, if, if that. Oh, 50 no. grand, maybe. It's a lot higher yeah, than yeah. that. I've, see, I've seen some videos now. It's all popping up on yeah. my uh, algorithms and stuff. So. <laughs> Um, and um, yeah, he, he's he's exactly like what his social media is. But he's huh. just he, he's not an asshole. Yeah. Um, but he's just super blunt about things, and he just really just doesn't care what you think. But he's not rude. And Interesting. So and he's 
very smart. People are just, they're all around him. They're listening to him. Um, and, and he just really takes over conversations. And people are just listening, listening, listening. So yeah. he wasn't wild. There wasn't like 40 girls with him or anything. He had a girlfriend. And, and he was, yeah, he was just low key. Um, and I'm just pretty sure he was high all the time. So that, <laughs> Aren't we all, Dennis? Yeah, Aren't that, we that all, was, really? that, that was about <laughs> it. You would never know, but I found out uh, <laughs> that he was. But... I mean, that's that's him. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not a secret. I think that he's got the largest, is the largest investor ever in marijuana business or something. Uh, that would not be yeah, surprising. Or something like that, yeah. That's yeah. what I read like a year ago. I don't he know. He has his own like, line. I think he has his, his own, own brand. Line too. His own brand yes. is huge. Yeah, his own he's wearing it all yeah. day, wears a white t shirt, short shorts, and some flip flops every day, and changes out his watch based on uh, his $100,000 watch based on the shorts that he's wearing. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And then we learned one of the cooler things we learned: we four-way chess. Have you ever played that? I, no. I'm buying it. It's unbelievable. So it's chess, like one-on-one. Yeah. But it's four ways. So your pawns can only go forward, okay. but you can get them regular on the side. So you can go sideways to get them at an angle, but okay. you can have to continue to go the forward path that you're lined up on. Okay. But everything else goes all over the place, and it's crazy. But the thing is, there's no checkmate. The act of taking the king has to happen, and then you take over that person's pieces that are left on the board. So it's un- it's unbelievable. Like, I- I'm going to buy it. it. It's crazy for social because you play chess a one-on-one, right. and you know you focus, you're not really talking. Yeah. But if it's with four people, you, and it's recommended to play kind of like speed chess a little bit yes. so it doesn't take forever, but you're talking and everything, there's, there's not supposed to be any, like, you know, uh, st- you know, strategy between people. You're not supposed to talk about it, right. but you can socialize and it's a lot more fun. So if like one guy sucks, you know, the other two yeah. guys are fun. So it, it was, it was great. I think it's going to become a thing. I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah. It's unbelievable. Buy it. I've never seen it before. And I heard about it and it was incredible. Like, I feel like you're going to go down this, uh, Mm, how do I put this? I, I, I want to say gambling path. No, no, uh, but no. Like, I, was, like, I, I gambled. Say, I gambled when I was younger, me, and then I stopped. Let me just say, not. I don't mean like gambling in the pits, like you know, rolling dice and, and like I like rolling dice. Stuff. Right. No, I mean, I, I, I like to roll dice too. I mean, it's fine. That's why I'm still upset that BTR Vegas is not happening right yeah, now. Yeah, right. But like I, that 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 intellectual side gambling, like like yeah, the, the poker side, the mm-hmm. chess side, and and putting searching for yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got intrigued with poker, but uh, I don't think I would ever go that path. But chess, I was I started really, really liking it. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. The first game I ever played, Branson was playing. I was like, uh, I don't really want to take his pieces. Okay, <laughs> 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 check. <laughs> I'm I'm really interested here, and I know your your Uber eats this like two it minutes keeps away. Keeps getting pushed back. It's uh, pushed back. So but okay. it's like you, you're talking about you know, everybody telling their story. What's your story? What do you yeah. think your story is as you're, what, 20, I don't know, 28, 29? 28, 20? almost 29 in August. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with my story, uh, obviously our stories constantly change. Uh, but I, I think the stories become a little bit less relevant. Well, it becomes more of the story kind of maybe reveals what your character is. And that's kind of what people need to base each other off of because it gets too materialistic. It's... I think just society has gotten super toxic. Um, I still, I, I, you know, I like, I like things, uh, but I'm telling myself, you know what? Like, I just don't need this shit. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I started watching other things like 
minimalist lifestyle, like I love it. I'm all about it. I'm <laughs> trying to transition to it. It's very tough. Yeah. Very tough, but I'm all about it. Less things to worry about. And it just like cleanses you. It's great. <laughs> and it was awesome there. Like no one's on their phones. They're just talking. Yeah. I, I think the value of having a conversation is, is huge. People just don't know how to do that. My generation, Noah's generation, you know, just like they don't know how to do it. They right. don't know how to look people in the eye. They don't know how to hold a conversation without their phone or somebody helping them. And it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. So I think like, story um yeah just a tennis player that go through some ups and downs loved the game then turned into a business hated it loved it again but realizes that there's bigger things in the world and um you know the story continues so you're you're with robert lynchstead now um a terrible mustache absolutely horrendous i love it Maybe i mean i know get you one do. again I yeah i it. like i remember some of the days when you were with billy heiser and, and smeecheck and all of those Moustaches. Never had a mustache with them. I know, I, I know, but you didn't. But like they did, yeah, they, they were did. going through their mustaches, and yours was when? When do Australia? The last Australia before COVID. Okay, I had handlebars. Jesus, blonde handlebars. Um, what has he brought in terms of that perspective? Uh, having essentially been being at the end of his career, what's he bringing in that perspective? Not necessarily on the court. Um. So, it's interesting to see someone transition like him you know where he hasn't completely stopped even though he kind of did um <laughs> he's, he's struggling to let go <laughs> but um uh and, and seeing kind of how his you know his whole mindset is shifting to you know coaching and other things he wants to maybe do off the court he's about to have a kid in the next two weeks and you know he's played a lot longer than most people do yeah. and um, so this transition into real regular life is a lot later yeah. than most other people. So um, he's unbelievable to bounce things off of. We get along so well right away. Uh, he talks a lot of shit. I like that. <laughs> um, and, you know, we talk things out. I think he does a really good job of understanding the balance and i think that's why we're working well together yeah where when we're on court he's very intense he wants it you know 100 percent at all times just the old school swedish way i'm all about it i love it i told him <laughs> hold me accountable i'm gonna bitch at you i'm gonna be really annoying sometimes but you know i'm okay even though i, I seem like i'm about to fire you i'm not yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I like it i am listening even though i look like i'm not listening i am um, and he's like, I love that. So, and then, but then off the court, we have a great time together. Yeah. Um, and having someone also who, you know, was on tour for so long and experienced so much, even though he was on doubles, he just understands kind of that anxiety, that pressure, um, of being, and he's gone through every level, college, the lower levels of challengers, not making it, going into double, struggling a little bit, getting to the top, struggling to win a slam for the yeah. first time. And I think, uh, that's super valuable and, and things that I can take. And he's especially, you know, his slam finals, Wimbledon finals and just how he moved on, went to the next one, how he, how he happened to win his first Australian open and, and stuff that I can learn from him and, and bring it onto the court, even if it's a challenger. And I think it's, uh, it's been helping me. I don't want to bring up the end. I don't want it to sound like that at all, but what does the next, in terms of success for you, what does the next six years look like? You know, what do you leave tennis? What are you hoping to get out of this in the next few years? Um, well, I mean, one, I wanted to, just like everybody says, they want to be the guy that's known for never quitting and, and being that character that everyone looks up to and just being a, 
just being a warrior and a beast, you know, like David Ferrer. So that's that's number one for me. Uh, number two, you know, I put a number on it. I, I truly think I can make a really big push. Um, and, and I put a number on I mean, kind of put a number on I wanted to be top 30. I thought I could do it. Um, but again, it, it, if I get to 30, what, I just stop now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I, I think it, it's just smaller goals. I can't just look at 30 because then if I'm far away, I get discouraged. Doesn't just, and especially with our rankings right now, it almost seems impossible. I got to win like nine slams to get to like 45. <laughs> uh, so, um, just make it a really big push. Uh, you know, I, th- I think I can win a tour event. I think uh, a lot of these 250s are so up for grabs if you're just ready for them. Yeah. Um, and you get past, you know, if you're unseated, get past that one big win, draw opens up, and you're ready, and you're clutching the finals, and you can handle your nerves. You're like, you know, your career can change. How, how many one-time ATP winners are out there that we've all beaten, and we're just like, how does this guy win a tour event? He just showed up. He was on the right week. Yeah. He was ready. I look at Dan Evans. I mean, today. It's incredible. I mean, I remember him yeah. all the time in the challengers. Yep. I mean, his whole story, and, and I watched him. I'm like, there's no way I can't do what Dan Evans is doing. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. It is possible. He's completely changed his mindset. I mean, Yes, he can look. Yeah, I might have wasted the first eight, nine years of his career, and he got to the lowest of lows because of the talent he's had, and and, and now he's probably has an unbelievable perspective. I'm yep. just guessing. Probably makes sense. Yes. Um, and I think we all can do that. Maybe we don't go to that low, but um, I mean, we don't need to yeah, do cocaine. We don't. We, I mean, we can. <laughs> yeah, that's your thing. Mike and I choose it at least twice a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People are like, "What's your secret? You send me Monte Carlo cocaine." That's that's how I do six matches yeah, in a day. Right? Exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> Between the matches, so um, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, it's incredible what he what he's done, and I, and I think he's super inspirational to guys that um, you know feel like they couldn't make that push, and, and they are. And I look how he's competing compared to when he was playing these challengers. Completely night and day. Super yep. professional. Super fit. Um, so I mean, if he can do it, I think a lot of other guys can too. I'd be remiss, um, I, and your food is sitting here. You're, you're very kind, but I, I'd be remiss if we didn't. I like didn't, talking. I like talking to you as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, keep I can thinking, talk for a while. I don't mind. I can eat. I can I, eat here too. I think back to, like, a, a you were in Tiburon one year and then immediately went to St. Petersburg. It would have been, like, 2013 oh, or 2014, one wow. of the two. And you crazy. were just, like, you were just over it. Like, I remember you, like, before you were about to fly, you were just like, this is bullshit. I'm... What the fuck I literally went. I, yeah, I went for like the ten grand check. Right. You, yeah. And I just remember that, and I just found myself thinking, this is just a guy who's got so much talent, doesn't give a fuck about yeah. what's happening right now. He's just like going through the motions. And yeah. to hear you now is a completely different experience. And yeah. congratulations on that, Thank because you. seriously, that's a lot of growth. Yeah. But as we wrap, Dennis, um, I believe you have a more recent Stanley Cup in your history mm-hmm. uh, than than our little friend here. Yeah, but he's got our coach. So yeah, um, I just listen. The, the guy is right now. We're you guys still have you guys still have trots? Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're both I mean, destined. You're destined for a cup. We're he's both unbelievable. into sports cards right now, and yeah. Noah just shows me all the time all of these Islander cards and how like proud Losers. he is of some of the young talents. <laughs> and uh, I, so I, I want to just give you guys a, an opportunity to talk hockey for a minute. Yeah, no. The only thing I will say is that he can actually he plays, and that's the thing that I I, I am getting to. Once my ankle is fully there, I'm skating. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, it. I wasn't a great skater. I'm a pretty bad skater, but I need. I would like to, when I'm done, like I, I'll get into that. I would love to yeah. like join a league, like really learn how to skate correctly, yeah, so I don't die and like you know. 
have a blade go through like my leg right, and like sure. stitches for no reason. But it'd be so fun to go into like a little league or something like that. <laughs> it'd be great. I'm even down, beer league. Yeah, even if you suck, like oh, I'd say it'd be expensive, but it'd be fun. That would be a really enjoyable, like the opposite of Necker. Yeah. Like go somewhere like a, a nice cold weather destination with a, a great. Like rink. If I have a, a son. He's yeah. playing hockey, really? hockey and golf, hockey, golf, baseball. Making one of those. Yeah. How good? Uh, how good, yeah. Sebi? He's unbelievable. Like he is literally. I was talking to him in uh, in France, and he was like, "Yeah." And it's like part of his like training. Like, yeah. He does like hockey workouts with uh, Chara. Yeah. And he's like full on, and he's like, "Oh, super hard." I'm like, "I can't believe you're doing workouts with him." Now he's like, he's legit. I think he played yeah. till he was like 13 or 14, like real league. Like he's friends with all the guys. He was in the traveling. League. And yeah. I think one of his one of his sisters is dating somebody who was playing for the Kings. I don't know where he just went. Sorry, I don't know his sister's dating life. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I got I got I, nothing on that. I, I the only reason I, I not keep tabs on that. The only reason I know is because I think I still follow her when she was dating Jordan Thompson, mm. and and so I I think I talked to her one time when Jordan was still playing Challenger. Sure. Yeah, right. I didn't even sure, know, I didn't even dated his sister until yeah. like a while. I was like, that oh yeah, it's like, like who is that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that Corda's sister? I, I don't know. No, I, I didn't even think like I really knew who Corda was, so I didn't. I didn't yeah. put two and two together like whatsoever. You know, the dad won a, a Grand Slam one time, Dennis. I don't know okay. if you knew that. I did. Nobody yeah, cares. Of course. <laughs> Nobody Pete cares. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, I know you have food, but I don't care about your food. I have an Islanders game to get back to. That for some reason <laughs> we're losing for no reason. Who are they playing tonight? So, we're playing Boston. Oh, uh, here we go. I'll, I'll cheer for the Islanders. I don't like Boston. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Caps Especially don't really have a team anyway. <laughs> I know we got rid of Verana just now, and I was like, "Shit." <laughs> I liked Verana. I was a fan of him. Uh, Dennis, thank you. Thank you. Um, it's Appreciate been enlightening. It. And uh, anytime, if I, you I have the this. ability to get at least Noah down to Necker at some point, yeah, I, I think he needs that in his life. Frankly, yeah. It'll uh, it'll blow you away. Just tell him that uh, you know he won he won a big tournament on grass one time. Go, go take a go take a walk in a park. You know? Come on, take a walk in a park. <laughs> smell the roses, let's literally. Go smell something. There. All right, smell the New York garbage. <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe. More than just a tennis shoe, it's a fusion of '90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology. With its sleek mid-cut silhouette, it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.